When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Billy Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go Billy Up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, ever wonder how your NFL team got its name? Well, if you're a fan, you probably should know, a true fan. We look back on the 32 that are the results of fan contests, area history, and even baseball teams to find out. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, papers. Check. Squeaky chair. I'm making a little noise. Check. We're ready to go. NFL historians. This isn't for you. If you know it all, this ain't for you. This is for those who don't know as much. So we are here to enlighten. But please, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn and i expect that today belly up sports this is the behind the mic podcast presented by belly up sports and the belly up sports podcast network go to bellyupsports.com check out the array of stories our writers as well as our podcasters on that website and you can find not only their shows but yours truly behind the mic spreaker apple podcasts spotify google podcasts Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of that. All right, let's go to it. I don't know how long today is going to be, uh, but I did a lot, and I mean a lot of studying because, again, I'm I'm learning, um, and there's there's plenty of stuff that I know, but there's so much more that I have no idea about. So every week, I'm going to hopefully teach you, leave you with something, and in the process of doing all of this studying, all of these videos I watch, all of these books that I read, all these websites that I go to, I'm learning something every week. I'm really learning a lot of stuff. And I thought, you know, I was looking and watching videos and learning stuff. That way, it's, it's so much more. It's so much more. So this show on today is basically, we're going through 32 teams, how they got their names. Last week, it was about the AFL and 
how the the importance of the AFL in formulating the NFL like it is today after the merger in 1970. We'll get to all of that. And I just thought about, man, and I wrestled all the way till Sunday to figure out what the next topic was going to be. I'm going to be honest with you people. I don't always know exactly what I talk about. Next week, it's probably going to be on coaches, coaching history, because I ran into some stuff this week. I was like, I have got to hit this next week. So I'm not making any promises, but I'm thinking next week is going to be on head coaches in the NFL, some of the greatest ones. But this is about the teams, 32 teams. Now, I have to out front reference everything that I've been looking at, everything that I've been reading. First off, sportsteamhistory.com. Learned a lot there. Of course, the book that I've been reading, America's Game, the NFL at 100, co-authored by Hall of Fame wide receiver Jerry Rice and Randy O. Williams. Then a new book that I literally just got today, and I even thumbed through it some today and added a little bit more to what I already had. It's called The Power of a Name, The Origin of Professional Sports Team Nicknames and Their Most Valuable Players. This was written by Clancy M. Dixon. And then also on YouTube, I love NFL.com. They have some great videos. Uh, NFL Throwback. Subscribe. Very good stuff. Uh, this was courtesy of YouTube. Quote, how every NFL team got its identity. How, it's got, how, how they got their team name and their identity. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. So here we go. 32 teams that we have right now in the league. I'm not going to name them right now. You know who they are if you keep up. There were as many as 75 pretty much that have gone through the league's history. And this is from 1920 to now, in 2021. And there are so many team names out there. It's, it's like baffling. I'm so glad some of them did not fall through, but then there were others that went on through. And I think that I got my base based on an article that was written. I actually think this was last year. And looking at it right now, it was actually on February the 1st, 2020, how the Kansas City Chiefs got their name and why it's so controversial. This was written by hopefully I say the name right looks like Leah Amselesh of CNN now it wasn't so much the controversy part but that is just a part of NFL and its history because there are plenty of names out there um, because there were those who were well aware what they were naming their teams and it just wasn't right that's the reason why the Washington and forgive me the Washington Redskins are now called the Washington football team because, look, someone was offended. It wouldn't be great if you were named after a race and your race was that name and people dressed like you and did funny things on the field like you. Um, I don't know how many people would think about that, but that's, that's me putting it out there. But however we got to this point where we are now, I think people are a lot more careful and conscious about team names. But that's not the name of the show we want to know where they came from in the first place. A lot of these teams, they came from both major and minor league baseball teams, just as well as originally coming up with a name football-wise. And you have a lot of fan name contests in here, the area's history. You have owners and their businesses. Uh, they were formed through that. Former pro teams, 
on through history, like I said, there was up to 75 teams that were named. And you all start with the old 1920 American Professional Football Association before it was named the NFL in 1922, the APFA. There were their 14 original teams that started it all off. So I had to answer what we like to call in the business, the five, really the six W's. It's really five W's and one H. The who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and how. So I wanted to know, who named the team? And what was the name? And what is the name now? When did they enter into the NFL? Where, as far as their location, where were they in the past? Where is this team now in present day? Why did they name it that? And more importantly, going back to location, why did they move? And how did this all come about? What's the story behind it? And so I have to start really with the oldest franchise, Kick the Music, in the NFL's history. Back in 1898, the Chicago Cardinals were once known as the Morgan Athletic Club. And the then owner, Chris O'Brien, he got some uniforms from the University of Chicago Maroons. And they were faded, faded jerseys. And basically he said, oh, those aren't maroon. Those are what I'm gonna call Cardinal, Cardinal Red. The name stuck. And then we go from there. So the oldest franchise, they got some jerseys that were washed a little bit too much or too many times. No starts. And no, uh, I don't know how they did it back then other than running them through some kind of metal machine turning the crank. <laughs> but anyway, and then we have the second oldest team in the books, the Decatur Staley's. Now I'm gonna stop right there. These two teams were the two were two of the original 14. You want to hear the name of those original 14? Here they go. In alphabetical order, the Akron Pros, the Buffalo All-Americans, the Canton Bulldogs, the Chicago Cardinals, the Chicago Tigers, the Cleveland Tigers, the Columbus Panhandles, the Dayton Triangles, the Decatur Staley's the Detroit Heralds, the Hammond Pros, the Muncie Flyers, the Rochester Jeffersons, and the Rock Island Independents. The Akron Pros, they were named the inaugural champions after going 8-0-3, three ties. And of course, the Chicago Cardinals and the Decatur Staley's are the only founding members that are still in existence. So businessman, A.E. Staley, who was a food starch company uh, mogul, I guess to say, that he ran a food and starch company in Decatur, Illinois. He formulated a company full of football team. By 19, this is in 1919. In 1920, they entered into the APFA, what we know now as the NFL. In 1921, I guess, well, from my reading, the guy was losing money. And you'll find that out in a lot of these cases where there was too much money being lost and they had to sell the team or let somebody else have it. They, you know, take some of their losses and they have to move on. Some teams folded. That's why you had over 75 teams because some of them couldn't last. Whether they were good or whether they were really bad, didn't matter. If you didn't have the cabbage, you folded up like a tent. In 1920, they joined the NFL, the APFA at the time. 
In 21, George Hall, George Hallis and Dutch Sternman, who played on the team, and Hallis, who they both ran the team, they moved them to Chicago. And for the final season in 21, A.E. Staley said, hey, look, just leave my name on the back end of it. You move to Chicago, they were called the Chicago Staley. In 1922, they officially became the Chicago Bears. Well, why did they call them the Chicago Bears? Well, they played on Wrigley Field, which was the home of the Chicago Cubs. Cubs, little cute little bear, right? So, George Hallis says, well, football players are bigger than baseball players, so we're going with Bears. Simple, right? Some of the stuff is simple. And sometimes the simplicity of it, it, I think, is the beauty of the name. But then some people, maybe they just thought a little bit too much. Well, this one was re really interesting. The third oldest franchise in NFL history. The Green Bay Packers actually came into existence. They were founded in 1919. Curly Lambeau, you might know his name uh, because of the field, and George Calhoun. These two were, they, they, they got a sponsor of $500 from first Lambeau's employer at the time, the Indian Packing Company. See what we're going here? And then later on, the Acme Packing Company, two meat packing companies, basically named the team. That's, that's where they got the name Packers. The Acme Packing Company, they couldn't hold on to it. Another financial issue. And they cut ties. The Packers cut ties within a week of the first game because they were going broke. But they maintained and boom, they're still here today. The Green Bay Packers. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. And that is an original name, by the way. I don't know any other team on the face of this earth named the Packers. If you know who it is, tweet me. Okay, at behind the mic. 1922, the NFL officially gets this name. National Football League. A couple of years later, in the city of New York, founder and owner Tim Merritt put up the same amount of money as the pack meat packing companies. 500 bones, $500. Now, in 21, they already had a team and called the New York, excuse me, the Brooklyn Giants. And they lasted only two games. Mara didn't know anything about football. He talked to a buddy that did. They ended up going into the NFL in 1925, calling themselves the New York Giants, pretty much after the baseball team that was already there. Well, they had to distinguish themselves from the baseball team, and they actually didn't even make it really official until 1937, but they called themselves, and they still are to this day, the New York Football Giants. Why Giants? Named for the skyscrapers in New York City. Owner Charles Stoneham of the New York Giants baseball team, he actually tried to promote a football team back in 1919, but because of what's called blue laws or Sunday laws, where basically, athletic competition was you could not do athletic competition on a Sunday you can't play sports on Sunday simply put so it got shot down you'll find this out in a couple of other instances as we go forward all right so 1930 a couple of years later the Portsmouth Spartans from 1930 to 1933 two years after the loss to the Chicago Bears in the championship game 
1934, they moved the Spartans to Detroit. Y'all know who it is, the Detroit Lions. Why, per usual, this team was in some debt and they were bought by Detroit radio station owner, WJR, George A. Richards in 1934. And I guess to kind of match the Detroit Tigers, he went bigger, calling them the monarch of the, uh, of the jungle, the monarch, they want to be the monarch of the league. So they picked something bigger. Tigers, well, we're gonna be the Lions, the king of the jungle, right? All right, here, there you go, Detroit Lions, 1932. All right, so this one's controversial obviously for for obvious reasons 1932 a man by the name of george preston marshall founded the boston braves in boston figures in 1937 he moves this team to dc and he changes that name to the redskins we already know the story the boston braves being the washington redskins and george preston marshall he had some issues with race. Let's just say it that way. And in 1920, I mean, excuse me, in 2020, obviously that name had to be changed finally. He was actually, uh, if you haven't heard the show before, if you don't know already, he was the last to integrate his team. This guy did not want to do a lot of things um, when it came to race. But here we go. The Washington Redskins did not win I think a championship or they didn't have a winning record for years until he finally I think until he passed away up to the time he passed away and not long after he passed away they would end up in the Super Bowl losing to the undefeated Miami Dolphins in Super Bowl 7 but they didn't have hardly any when he decided to do some of the, the dirt that he did the team started going the other way well you know Anyway, 1933 was an interesting year for my squad. You know who I'm talking about. You had two teams in the state of Pennsylvania that came about. Now, this is again a city that was dealing with those blue laws that did not allow athletic competition. But they were anticipating in 1932 that the repeal of these laws, like what happened in New York, the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Philadelphia Eagles were both founded in the same year. May 19, 1933, Art Rooney, businessman, put up $2,500 for the Pittsburgh Professional Football Club. And by 1940, Rooney would move his team, uh, and basically not move them, but he changed them from the Pirates to the Steelers. You had the Pittsburgh Pirates that were already existing talking about professional base baseball that had been around for eons compared to football football just started they were in their what 14th year at the time so he was tired of basically sharing a name he wanted to have his own name a former pittsburgh pirates head coach joe bach he along with some help with the pittsburgh post gazette the newspaper they held a contest to figure out a new name and apparently a steel worker proposed the name Steelers because obviously the industry. Some of these are pretty, look, straightforward, okay? Steelers, that's what they do in Pennsylvania, right? Well, the Philadelphia Eagles was a little bit different. The man who would become commissioner, Burt Bell, 
along with Lud Ray. They bought the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, one of those old NFL teams, and moved them to Philadelphia. Bell was inspired, as far as the name is concerned, by the Eagle on the New Deal economic recovery logo. The Great Depression, they had just come out of the Great Depression. And of course, you have the economics making a comeback. And one of the things that President at the time, Franklin D. Roosevelt put out there was basically a plan for economic growth or recovery. And this symbol, this logo had an eagle in the middle of it. I'll post this picture of it if you haven't seen it. And he liked that. He's like, oh, all right, let's go with that. The Philadelphia Eagles. That's pretty cool right there. You get some inspiration for, from some interesting places. Fast forward a couple of more years to 1937. You have the Cleveland Rams, the first team with the Cleveland name on the front of significance. GM Damon Buzz Wetzel named this team after his favorite college team. Now, when I think about Fordham, I think about basketball, not football. But if anyone is familiar with that school, with that college, it is the Fordham Rams. And another thing that was really cool about the Rams is that they were actually the first to have a helmet logo. And of course, we know they're, we know the more after they moved to LA, to Los Angeles, which they're still there today. Of course, they went to LA, St. Louis, and back to LA. But in 1946, he moved his team out to LA. That was pretty good. Well, the year before, that same year in 1946, speaking of which, the All American Football Conference, the AAFC, started. Yet the third professional football league that, that came up to challenge the NFL. And this only lasted four years, from 46 to 49. And in that, there were three teams that got into the NFL. One, by name lasted, but not necessarily that franchise. We'll get to that in a second. This league folded after those four years, but when they folded, the NFL inherited two teams, the San Francisco 49ers and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, uh, as well as the Baltimore Colts. San Francisco, they were founded by a man by the name of Tony Morbido. He, was a, he had a lumber hauling business, made some good money at, at a very young age. And the NFL, he's one of those rejects. The NFL rejected him for expansion. We talked about that kind of stuff last week but with the AFL and Lamar Hunt. There were a lot of people that were rejected before 1959, 1960. This man was one of them. And so they had, there was a sports editor uh, for the Chicago Tribune, Ark Ward. Basically, he directed that they were already in talks to try to start another rival league. They won't let us in. We'll start our own. Okay. 1944, they were going to start playing after the war. This happened in 44. So they named this team basically the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, think about it. Um, the gold rush of 1849. And you know what was crazy when I read this? Morabito, who died of a heart attack, this guy apparently was diagnosed with some kind of heart condition in 1952. And it was sad. He was watching a football game in San Francisco, I believe it was, when he had his massive, had a massive coronary and died right there. There was a note passed to the head coach. I don't remember his name, but it was like, Tony's gone. That's nuts. His wife, 
Josephine ended up taking over as far as being the owner, a part owner of that, uh, or majority. And Tony had a brother who also had a stake. When he passed away, his portion passed to his wife, Jane. So the sister-in-laws, Josephine and Jane, they held on to the team up until 1977. 49er fans will appreciate this if you don't know it already. 1977 marked the year that Eddie DeBartlow Jr. bought the team. Yeah, I was born. That's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, I thought that was really, really cool. The Cleveland Browns were the other team that was inherited by the NFL, um, inhaled by the NFL, and this was the powerhouse of the AAFC. From 46 to 49, all four of those years, the Browns won the championship. And in a 10-year span, they were in the championship, whether it was AAFC or NFL, think, what, seven times? And they won it six times? I think I got those numbers wrong. I have to go back and check my math. But Arthur B. Mickey McBride, he founded the Cleveland Browns in 1944. Another one of those guys who wanted in the NFL. Paul Brown was hired. Great coach. And he's the reason for next week's show. I have to get my plan together now. He was the Ohio State coach of uh, Ohio legend Paul Brown is. From high school to college and, of course, in the pros, he was hired to be the head coach and even had a stake in the franchise. They were going to name the Cleveland Browns the Cleveland Pan Panthers. Brown said, nope, because that old team, I think it was another team that had a really bad record. He wanted no parts of them. So, Mac Brown, McBride said, hey, look, let's go with Browns, man. Uh, it, it has to be the Browns, the Paul Browns, the Cleveland Browns. Brown didn't want it. Paul Brown did not want it, but he relented. And you know what was also interesting? Oh, God. You know what? I'll get to that in the next segment. The Baltimore Colts, they were the other team that were inherited by the NFL. They only lasted one year. And those Colts, way different than the Colts that you know now. The Indianapolis Colts, if you are not familiar, obviously, with that blue and white. Those Colts wore green and silver uniforms. They only lasted a year, and then they folded up. 1953, though, the Baltimore Colts that we know now came back. They kept the name, but different colors. Here's how it happened. Commissioner Burt Bell challenged the mayor of Baltimore, Thomas D'Alessandro Jr., to sell 15,000 tickets in six weeks, and then I'll let you back in. They got it done in four weeks and three days. Baltimore re-entered the NFL, and the principal owner at the time, one Carol Rosenblum, we've talked about him a lot, he sold, uh, the NFL actually sold the Dayton Triangles and the Dallas Texans to Baltimore. They kept the colors, pretty much merged this all together, and the team was named basically for the Baltimore. If anyone's familiar with Baltimore, y'all ever heard of the Preakness, the Preakness Stakes, right? Horse breeding. That's where Colts came from, not Indianapolis. If I think Indianapolis, I actually think more race cars. No, they shouldn't have named them the race cars. But the Baltimore Colts, that's where that comes from. So that's the front end. We we got most of the old school teams in. 1960 was a very, very, very pivotal year. And we'll get right to that next.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. All right, we're back. I got a lot of papers, one down, a couple more to go. Now, Let's go right to it. 1960, the Chicago Cardinals moved to St. Louis. If you play Tecmo Bowl like me, you knew in the NFC East, you had the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, actually, it was the Phoenix Cardinals, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm wrong. Yeah, by then, I want to say it was the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm thinking about my football cards. I probably just spoiled one. That's okay. Anyway, in 1960, they moved to St. Louis, and they stayed there for a cup for some years. But also in 1960, there were, obviously, the AFL came into play. They started. But there was another team that came up, the Dallas Cowboys. Clint Murchison Jr., as well, uh, along with his, I guess that was his brother, John Murchison. But Clint Murchison Jr., I think he was the main money man for the Dallas Cowboys. They had several others in this ownership group. He, Tex Ram, they all came together and said, okay, we're going to have an NFL team in Dallas. Now, keep in mind, if you didn't listen last week, to listen to last week's show, the other league, talking about the AFL. Lamar Hunt, who was right there in Dallas, wanted to put an NFL franchise there, wanted an expansion franchise. They said no. George Hallis said no. Burt Bell, no. Then he goes to the owner of the then Chicago Cardinals and says, hey, look, your team's not doing very well. You're hemorrhaging money. Let me buy your team. He said, no, I got other offers too. He said, no. Again, like I said, they moved the next year. This is in 1959. And with all of that being said, of course, Hunt, along with Bud Adams and a couple of others, turned out to be eight. They called themselves the Foolish Eight, by the way. Those owners formed the AFL that began play in 1960, in September of 1960. Well, these dirty jokers in the NFL said, well, we got to have a team in Dallas too. And they started the Dallas Cowboys. Tex Ram, as far as the name, 
There were a couple other names other than Cowboys. I mean, Dallas, Texas, there really isn't a mystery there, right? They didn't like the names like Steers or Rangers. And Rangers was actually the name of, they didn't want confusion. I think it was a minor league baseball team at the time. And so they went with the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty cool. But we go to the AFL and their team names. The Denver Broncos, that was one of those fan votes. And a man by the name of Ward Vining, out of 162 en entries, he won it. And it was basically named after, here we go again, another minor league baseball team that actually played back in the 1920s. In 1959, Bob Holson, he had a baseball team. And the it was called the Denver Bears. And it was pretty interesting how this game, how this team even came about and how he became interested in football all of a sudden. He basically had a team that was in the minor leagues and they were set to become supposedly the, the third professional league. I think it was the Continental League. And they backed out on it. And so he was he had expanded his stadium to around 35,000 or something or something like that. And he was stuck with a big stadium with not enough people to fill it. So he turned to football. And Denver Bronco fans, Devontae Chandler, how about that? That that's that that's some cool stuff. You got your football team because the guy had a stadium that was too big. Next are the Los Angeles Chargers, who moved, I believe, after one season. Baron Hilton, y'all ever heard of Hilton Hotels? Yeah, that's him. They moved in 19 in 1961 to LA. That was a good move, by the way san diego the winning submission for their name it was selected by gm frank lee he went to usc games and apparently like you know you had the old school still have them today the bugle let's go charge da -da 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 -da. charge he liked that that's where the name came from it had nothing to do with lightning bolts <laughs> even though that was a great a really great thing to put on a helmet it didn't have anything to do with a lightning bolt. It was the da 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 da, -da charge. That's where that came from. The Buffalo Bills are next. They were basically kept the name of an old AAFC team. That was the actually the Bisons. They just turned it into the Bills. And that was named after the famous Western Frontiersman, Buffalo Wild Buffalo Bill Cody. Yeah. Other names that were on the deck were the Bullets, the Nickels, and the Blue Devils, but they kept the name the Bills. Very original again. Now, you have the Boston Patriots. They were the last ones to get into the AFL, by the way. 74 entries of those, it was Minutemen, Colonels, but the fans liked Patriots. They settled on that. An interesting tidbit to this was the the uh mascot you guys who like the old school mascot pat patriot that was on the old school helmets well that was actually drawn by a boston globe cartoonist by the name of phil bizzle who was paid 25 dollars a day who drew that out and basically was the creator of the original logo thought that was pretty good pretty good they moved to Foxborough March 22nd, 1971, and they ended up changing their name to New England. And they were also they were almost, excuse me, called the Bay State Patriots. And that was because of the Bay State Raceway, the land that was there next to it. That was all for them. And they built the new stadium 
there in Foxborough, but they decided against that. They kept they went with the name Patriots. Thank God. The Oakland Raiders was interesting. This was another one of those fan votes, and people thought that this contest was fixed. Why? I'll tell you why. There was an Oakland woman that was unnamed that I've never found her name. That originally was going to name uh, they was going to settle in on the name Senors. That was referring to old Spanish settlers of Northern California. Well, here's the the rub is the owner at the time, Chet Soda, he was known for calling people senor all the time. So he think people think that uh, yeah, somebody else had the winning name, but he chose that because that was something that he liked to say. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But they decided against it, and they said, okay, we're going we're going to go with Raiders. Uh, and actually, they picked that name over Lakers, which I thought was interesting. Did not know that either. The Lakers had already moved from, Min- uh, from Minnesota. If you don't know your Lakers history, they were the Minneapolis Lakers. I mean, you don't necessarily think Lakers came from California, do you? Look at all those thousand lakes, right? So, yeah, in 47, they moved to California. And they chose that over Lakers. They wanted two teams named Lakers. Hmm. The New York Titans, well, there was already the New York Giants. At the time, owner Harry Wisman, he named them the New York Titans because he said, Titans are bigger than Giants. So we're bigger than the NFL team. Well, that lasted not that long because Wismer ended up having to sell the team because he was, go- he was losing money, hemorrhaging money himself. 1963, Cerny Werbin, Mr. Entertainment himself, bought the team. And briefly called the name had the name of the team as the Gotham Football Club and the other names were the Gothams or the Goths which they didn't like that name Goths they even thought about Dodgers which that was the MLB team at the time Burroughs was another suggestion but they went with the name Jets Shea Stadium which was newly built was right there in between JFK and LaGuardia Airport boom there you go Titans fans, I think y'all know this. You should know this history. The Houston Oilers, they were pretty much, I would say, the the second team that was in on the AFL because Bud Adams and Lamar Hunt, you know, they were the two guys. I think uh, Bud was the first guy that he went to. At age 36, the 26-year-old Hunt went to Bud and said, hey, I'm starting this new league. What's up? I'm in, basically what he said. Well, it was named the Oilers, it's Houston, the oil industry, need I say more? And that lasted from 1960 to 1996. All these teams, by the way, they were founded in 1960, if you think, yeah, they call it. But of course, I'm living here and I know what happened. They moved, Bud moved the team. At first they were playing, they was, Nashville was going to be the destination all along. In Memphis, they played at the Liberty Bowl in 97. Then they moved to Nashville and they played before the stadium, Adelphia Coliseum, was finished. In Nashville, when they moved to Nashville, they played at Vanderbilt, played their home games at Vanderbilt in 1998, before finally settling in in 99 and changing the name to the Titans. Other names, and I remember all, a lot of them, but some of these four, I just wrote down four, Tornadoes, Copperheads, South Stars, Wranglers, all of this stuff was not good. It wasn't as good as Titans. I'm glad they named it the Titans. And it was pretty much an ode to the Greek mythology. If anybody's been around Nashville, you got the Parthenon and several other things around the city. Nashville is known as the Athens of the South. Pretty cool stuff. 
And then the last team, this one was a little, a little, I guess you could say it was a little controversial, but it didn't really get a whole lot of airtime. It did have some because of the Washington football team having to change their names. There's the, the Dallas Texans that ended up being called the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Hunt's team, he moved it. I mean, Texans, come on, Dallas, Texans, come on. He moved his team to Kansas City in 1963, even though his squad was outdrawing the sorry Cowboys at the time. Yes, the Cowboys were terrible, okay? They didn't win a whole lot of games, and they went defeated, I believe, in the first season under Tom Landry. But anyway, some of the other, other names that were up for the, the Texans, the then Texans, about to be called the Chiefs, were the Royals, the Mules, or the Stars. Mayor H. Roll Bartle. This is where we bring him in. He's the mayor of Kansas City who served two terms. Okay? I'm going to read this word by word from CNN.com by Lee Asmalesh. All right? So, quote, The tribe of Michael Say is part of the Boy Scouts of America program, which was created by the mayor, Harold Roll Bartle, in 1925. Bartle was not a Native American, but claimed he was, quote, inducted into a local tribute of the Arapaho people, end quote. Okay? Bartle was called, quote, Lone Bear and went by the name Chief Lone Bear in his Michael Say, I hope I'm saying that right, Michael Say organization. Besides serving as Kansas City Mayor Harold Roe Bartle, was a Boy Scout executive known for creating that tribe. Almost 40 years after the founding of Michael Say, Bartle became the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri, like I said, for two terms. Colloquially known as Chief, Bartle helped convince Lamar Hunt, owner of the Dallas Texans football team, to bring his team to Kansas City. There it is. Take that as you will, Chief fans and any other fans. Moving on, the next year, this also was interesting. Minnesota Vikings. Now, we've gotten into this before. Max Winter, back in 1959, he had agreed to be a part of the AFL. He backed out in 1960. He backed out in the last minute and ended up joining the NFL. The Minnesota Vikings got their name from basically that area, the, the Scandinavian and Nordic heritage of the state. They were the first team in NFL history to name their team uh, basically based on their region. So that was really interesting. A couple of other names were the Miners, the Chippewas, or the Voyagers. Eh, hmm, I probably won't stay away from Chippewas. 1966, Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons. A name contest again. Over 500 names were submitted. Among them, Peaches, Vibrance, Knights, Lancers, Confederates, Wolf, Firebirds, and Thrashers. Of course, they did name their hockey team the Thrashers at one point. A high school teacher from Griffin, Georgia, by the name of Julia Elliott. She basically won that contest of that naming contest. She wrote an essay. And within that essay, and I quote, she said that the Falcon is proud and dignified with great courage and fight, she wrote. It never drops its prey. It's deadly and has a great sporting tradition. 
Don't drop your prey, especially when you have a team down 28 to three. Moving on, the Miami Dolphins also in 1966. Here we go. In 1965, entrepreneur Joe Robbie and entertainer Danny Kaye brought a franchise. I'm sorry, I have to inject this. If you've ever seen A Christmas Vacation, I still don't know who Danny Kaye is, except to say the only time I've heard this name other than reading this stuff was Clark W. Griswold's rift at the end of the movie. I can't repeat it. Okay, I, 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 I don't repeat, I'm not gonna repeat. But, <laughs> being Cosby danced with Danny freaking K. All right, so they brought a franchise and 622 fans out of, I read over 19,000 votes, not 1,900, 19,000 votes, 622 fans selected Dolphins. Now there had to be a tiebreaker. And basically what it was, was them to predict the score of the University of Miami and Notre Dame game. And the only person that picked it was a Mrs. Swanson. And guess what they gave her? Two lifetime tickets, two lifetime passes to every Dolphins game. You've got to be kidding me. I wonder if she was able to go to the Super Bowl. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't care who you are. Robbie decided on the name Dolphins because he said they were one of the fastest and smartest creatures in the sea. Hmm, pretty good. 1967, the next year, the New Orleans Saints. Now, when you think about New Orleans, it's not just a great food or party city, okay? But it also has deep Catholic roots. The NFL awarded this franchise to that city on November 1st, 1967. All Saints Day, which commemorates Christian martyrs. Now, from what I read, that really wasn't the reason why they named this team the New Orleans Saints. It wasn't. They named the team, uh, basically, they had another contest, and owner John Meekham basically selected Saints based on the song, or when the Saints go marching in. Either way, I guess you can't, you can't lose, right? It, it was going to be Saints. It was destined to be Saints. Another year, another team. This is three years in a row, people. 1968, the Cincinnati Bengals. They were the last team to be added to the AFL. I think it was a part team owner. GM Paul Brown basically wanted to honor the previous team named the Cincinnati Bengals from back in 1937 to 1941. Fans actually wanted Buckeyes, but he's like, nah, nah, we're not doing that. Although I think that would have been pretty cool to have the professional team named the Buckeyes, but truth be told, it would probably be weird. Yeah, but as a side note, Brown was fired by Cleveland. You know, he's a legendary coach, right? All the way up until 1963, Art Modell bought the team. There was always there was already some heads being banged together because Paul Brown called all plays, and it was his way of the highway. He was player personnel. Imagine Bill Belichick. That's what he was, but it was no Bob Kraft to tell him no. Well, Art Modell told him no. He got fired. Was out of football for five years. Resurfaced in '68 when another team. Was, a, was willing to give him the power that he wanted to be the all-powerful eyes of football in Ohio. Guess what this joker did? He took the same orange helmets, pretty much, 
that the Browns used slapped Bengals on the side of it. Yeah, that was a dig. You can't tell me that that wasn't a dig. Come on, somebody. All right, I'm going to take one more break, and we're going to wrap this thing up. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. 1976, up next. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Okay, we're back. Final segment. And the last of the teams to come into the NFL. We're going to pick it up in 1976. The 27th franchise was awarded to the city of Tampa Bay in 1974. They began play in 1976. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not really a hard name to figure out. Because if you know anything about the state of Florida, the history with piracy, It was named the Buccaneers due to the 17th century Florida coast raids by pirates. There there you go. Tampa Bay sports writers and owner Hugh Culverson, they chose the name and they went from there. Very good name. Terrible uniform. I'm sorry. I don't like the cream sickle. I don't. I never like those uniforms. Can I be honest with you? They say loser. The new pewter uniforms, the things that they wear now, oh, those are nice. But the creamsicle, great as far as a jacket or a t-shirt or something like that. Bad on the helmet in, in bad uniform. I don't like them. I, I'm sorry, I never liked them. Ne- never liked them. What? You don't like the creamsicle? No, I don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Also in 1976, the Seattle Seahawks, they were awarded to the city of seattle so the skippers pioneers lumberjacks and seagulls they did not make the cut well they made the cut but they were not the final name gm john thompson selected the seattle uh the seahawks why aggressiveness it reflects their soaring northwestern heritage and it wasn't used by any other pro teams that was the basic explanation for the seahawks name now no movement no new teams from 1982 to 1995 what happened during that time well the raiders they moved away to la from oakland in 84 in the still of the night robert ursay lied to people and said they wasn't going to leave baltimore and they left and went to indy in those mayflower trucks in 88 as i talked about at the beginning of the show the cardinals 
the Chicago Cardinals moved to St. Louis and then in 88 they moved away from St. Louis to Phoenix and they were the Phoenix Cardinals for a while and then 94 they adopted the name Arizona Cardinals going statewide. In 95 that was a very pivotal year not only did the Rams move to St. Louis to fill the void the Raiders also moved back to Oakland but we had two teams that were introduced to the NFL to fans the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers both chose animals that were ferocious basically fan contests now what's interesting about the Jacksonville franchise was more so their logo than their name their logo if you ever seen I will post a picture of it if you've ever seen the first logo that they came up with slapped on the side of a helmet it looks exactly like the car Jaguar logo and of course they promptly sent a cease and desist letter to the Jaguars organization to say hey, look y'all need to change this up bro no you cannot do this and they did they did now you know what the Jaguar logo looks like now and it's pretty good I like that a whole lot better than that first incarnation that they had and slapped on the side of the helmet the Carolina Panthers same thing ferocious animal the Panthers Jerry Richardson's son, Mark Richardson, said, quote, that the Panther is what a team should be. Powerful, sleek, sleek, excuse me, and strong. Okay, good for you. Panthers have been to a Super Bowl, the Jaguars have not. In 96, the next year, Art Mordell, the man who fired the legendary Paul Brown years ago and took over the Cleveland Browns, said, we are packing up and we are leaving leaving Cleveland before the 96 season. And they did. They became the Baltimore Ravens. How did they get that name? Want to hear it? Here it goes. Art Modell, who actually tried to buy the Indianapolis Colts name for $5 million, was shut down. They had a naming contest and basically they came up with the Raven name due to Edgar Allan Poe, his famous poem, The Raven. Poe, if you don't know, is a Baltimore, well, was a Baltimore native. There you go. Perfect name. Perfect name. If they couldn't have the Colts back, which I honestly wish they could have had the Colts back. All right. Well, you got the Baltimore Ravens. 1999, the Cleveland Browns actually came back. So hooray for Cleveland. In 2002, the final team to this date that entered the league was the Houston Texans. The name says it all. Bob McNair, who wanted the NHL team back in 97, he was around when Bud Adams moved the Houston Oilers out. And he had some issues trying to get a franchise there in Houston. And eventually, he settled on going after a football franchise. And he and I believe another, um, I, we'll just call him another associate they was going to try to get a team in Houston by building a indoor football stadium. They got that done. And for $700 million, the team was put in Houston. So some of the names, other names that were on the docket, Apollos, Stallions, none of that stuck. Houston Texans, perfect name, but still not that great of a franchise to this point. They've had their successes, though. It's, it's really crazy. Other than that, not a whole lot of other movement. No other teams have been introduced, and that's pretty much the show, uh, people. 
2016, the Rams, they moved back to L.A. like they should have. They never should have left, in my opinion. 2017, the Chargers moved to L.A. from San Diego. In my opinion, that never should have happened. In 2020, the one thing that never should have happened, Oakland, it's your fault. The Las Vegas Raiders now. That just does not, still doesn't sound right. Great stadium. Hooray for Las Vegas. Oakland, good Lord. I just wonder what Al Davis would have said. If he was still around, that, that never would have flown. They should have got them a new stadium. Somebody explained it to me. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Ladies, gentlemen, different show today. We just did more so of a rundown with a little bit of storytelling in the middle. So now we know where all the team names came from. And this will get enhanced once I get to team history. That's going to be really, really special. And I may have to go one team at a time depending on the team's history. Some of them I could probably double, triple up. But that's the show. Behind the Mic Podcast. Check me out on Spreaker. Also, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Sports Podcast Network, Mike Neal Jr., your host, I'm out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.